0: You might know that just a few weeks ago, Israel celebrated her 74th Independence Day. But today, Israel is celebrating again. Today is Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem Day. And while this day also celebrates the miracle of modern-day Israel, it has a significance all on its own. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the meaning of Jerusalem Day, and we're going to take a deep dive into the significance of God's holy city and its relevance to all people of faith. This day marks one of the most important events in modern times, a turning point in history. It's a day that Jews and Christians should celebrate, and on this episode, we'll discover why. Jerusalem is very personal to me. My family on my father's side goes back 11 generations in Jerusalem. The Jewish people were exiled from Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but over the centuries, groups of Jews always tried to return and settle there. My family became a part of that effort in the early 1800s. My father, my Abba, Rabbi Echiel Ekstein of blessed memory, was the first to be born outside of Jerusalem in over 100 years. His father came to America as a young boy when life in Jerusalem became just too hard for the family to bear. There was so much disease and poverty at that time. But as soon as my father was old enough to understand where he came from and where he belonged, all he wanted to do was to return to Jerusalem, the city of his ancestors and the homeland of our people. He fulfilled his dream later in life. When my sisters and I were all grown, he made Aliyah to Israel and settled in Jerusalem. A few years later, my husband Amichai and I joined him there. But I always felt that it wasn't until his first grandchild, my oldest daughter, was born in Jerusalem that he really felt that his return was complete. I'll never forget the day when my father met my daughter for the first time. I was in the hospital, resting with my husband and my baby girl in my arms. It was very quiet and tranquil, and then suddenly, we hear my father's loud voice, booming voice, coming from down the hall. He was yelling out, "'Where's my granddaughter? Where's my baby?' Everyone heard him, and he probably woke up, unfortunately, a few mothers and babies. This was my father's personality. He was larger than life— And he was passionate about life. And it made me realize that giving birth in Jerusalem and my father coming to meet the first Jerusalem-born child in generations was so much bigger than any of our individual lives. Our family had come full circle, but it was also part of a story much larger than our family. It was the culmination of a national dream, a dream of the Jewish people who have prayed to return to Jerusalem for 2,000 years, and it was part of a story that is even older than that, the story of Jerusalem. The story of Jerusalem begins thousands of years ago. In fact, according to Jewish tradition, when God created the world, he began with Jerusalem, and the rest of the world flowed out from there. Adam was formed from the earth on Mount Moriah. So in many ways, the story of humankind begins in Jerusalem. The first time that Jerusalem is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 14, 18, when Abraham encountered Melchizedek, king of Salem. Salem, Shalem in Hebrew, means whole, complete, and at peace. According to tradition, this was the site of ancient Jerusalem. Shortly afterwards in the Bible, in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, 14, Abraham named the site of the binding of Isaac Hashem Yireh, which means God will be seen. This place also was in ancient Jerusalem. Ultimately, God took Abraham's name, Yireh, and combined it with Melchizedek's name, Shalem, and created together the name Jerusalem, which is Hebrew for Jerusalem. It's a name that expresses Malchizedek's idea of wholeness and completeness, and Abraham's idea of seeing God or encountering God in a tangible way. About 3,000 years later, King David established Jerusalem, Jerusalem, as the eternal capital of Israel, and his son, King Solomon, built the holy temple in Jerusalem. For nearly 1,000 years, Jerusalem was, as Psalm 48 calls it, the joy of the whole earth, spreading spiritual light and material blessings to the whole world. But then, after the second temple was destroyed in 70 CE, the Jewish people were banned from Jerusalem and exiled from their homeland. For almost 2,000 years, the Jews wandered from country to country and endured endless persecution. But throughout that whole time, no matter what was going on, we never forgot Jerusalem. Psalms 137 says, If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Jews have lived these words for centuries. At every wedding, the most joyous moment in life, we sing these words under the wedding canopy and then step on a glass to remind us of the destruction of Jerusalem. In our homes, we dedicate one wall to Jerusalem, leaving it unpainted or with a picture of Jerusalem on it. We pray facing Jerusalem and ask God to return us to Jerusalem in prayer three times a day. And in our times, we have finally seen the answer to our prayers. And that, my friends, is what we are really celebrating today. The verses that I want to focus on today are from the last chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah 66. They are prophecies about the end times and they accurately describe the amazing events over the last 74 modern years. The first verse is Isaiah 66, eight, which reads, who has ever heard of such things? Who have ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. Many people see this verse as a reference to May 14, 1948, when David Ben Gurion, Israel's first prime minister, announced the formation of the State of Israel just hours before the British left the Holy Land. Suddenly, in the course of one day, the nation of Israel was born, or more accurately, reborn. Nothing like this has ever happened before in history, and it has never happened since. It was a miracle. It was the fulfillment of God's promise. But it wasn't easy, and most of the world didn't believe that tiny Israel would survive her birth. No one expected the Jews to win the War of Independence when five Arab nations attacked the newborn country. But listen to what Isaiah 66.9 says, Do I bring the moment of birth and not give delivery? says the Lord. Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Israel miraculously won the war, but paid with many lost lives and the loss of a major part of the Jewish heartland, including the old city of Jerusalem. For 19 years, Jews couldn't get close to the old city of Jerusalem the part of Jerusalem where Jews had lived and worshipped in biblical times, and it was impossible to pray at Judaism's holiest sites, the Western Wall and the Temple Mount, which were controlled by Jordan and closed off to Jews. But in 1967, all of that miraculously changed. Listen to the next verse in Isaiah 66, verse 10. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all of you who mourn over her. In 1967, Israel was again faced with an existential threat. Egypt was expected to attack and other Arab nations pledged to join them. Israel was ridiculously outnumbered and outgunned, and by all natural assessments, Israel seemed doomed. It was a war that Israel didn't want to fight, and the most the Jews had hoped for was simply to survive. But miraculously, and I mean with revealed miracles that you can read about in historical accounts, Israel won the war in just six days and liberated land that had been taken in the War of Independence, including Jerusalem. I still get emotional every time I listen to the recording of the moments Jerusalem fell into Jewish hands for the first time in 2,000 years. It was on June 7th, 1967, when paratroopers moved through the old city of Jerusalem towards the Western Wall and the Temple Mount. And this is what the commander of the brigade said. We're sitting right now on the ridge and we're seeing the old city. Shortly, we're going to go into the old city of Jerusalem that all generations have dreamed about. And then a few minutes later, he says emotionally, Har Habait Be'adenu, the Temple Mount is in our hands the sound of the shofar, a ritual trumpet can be heard in the background, marking the holy moment, a turning point in history, and a miracle from God. It was so obvious that the Jews had received a miracle that everyone realized it, even the most secular Israelis. There's a story told about Moshe Dayan, who was the Israeli defense minister at the time. He came to the Western Wall and placed a note inside one of the cracks in the wall. That's a Jewish tradition to place written prayers inside of the wall. When Dayan left, the media took out the note and opened it. On the note, Dayan had written the words of Psalm 118.23, The Lord has done this. And it is marvelous in our eyes. You can imagine the rejoicing in Jerusalem and with Jerusalem around the world, just as the prophet Isaiah described it. All who had mourned the loss of Jerusalem were now celebrating the return to Jerusalem. For the first time in 2,000 years, the capital of the nation of Israel was returned To the people of Israel. I can only imagine the joy in our country in June 1967. My father-in-law fought in the Six-Day War and he has told me about the celebrations that followed the liberation of Jerusalem. He described the feelings of disbelief, of gratitude, and pure joy. My mother also shared in the experience. She was able to visit Israel just three days after the war. And as the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, it was especially meaningful for her to experience this miracle of Israel's victory. The biblical holiday of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, took place just a week after the war, and my mother told me how Jews began to flock to the Western Wall from every direction at dawn. They wanted to get as close to the Temple Mount as possible on the first pilgrim festival following Jerusalem's liberation. The streets were flooded with old and young, mothers pushing strollers, children on their father's shoulders, all taking part in this amazing moment in history when, for the first time in millennium, the Jewish people could come to the site of the Holy Temple as free people in their own land. What a blessing that my mother was able to see that miracle with her own eyes. And what a blessing that we are able to benefit from that miraculous victory in our times. This is what we are celebrating on Jerusalem Day. I remember my mother saying that she was raised on stories of the Holocaust. That was her past. And as she walked up to the Western Wall, she looked at our future and our future looked hopeful. Looking back at the description of events in Isaiah 66, we can appreciate how events unfolded just as the verses said that they would. First, the nation of Israel was born in a day, and then in a separate event, described in a separate verse, the people rejoiced when Jerusalem was returned to the Jewish people who had mourned over her in exile for so long. David Ben-Gurion once said, if a nation has a soul, Jerusalem is the soul of Israel. So we can compare the return of the Jews to the land of Israel to a resurrection of our national body, but it wasn't until we returned to Jerusalem that the body received its soul. The return to Israel was a return to the physical home of the Jewish people, but the return to Jerusalem was a return to our spiritual home, and it signaled a new era in Jewish history, and I believe in world history too. Jerusalem Day is not only a significant day for the Jewish people. It is a day that should be celebrated by Christians too, and here's why. Jerusalem is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible over 600 times and many other times by other names like Zion or City of David and others. And Jerusalem plays a critical role in the Christian Bible as well. Jerusalem is God's holy city. And if Jerusalem is important to God, then as people of faith, it should be important to us as well. There's a story that my father, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein of Blessed Memory, used to tell about his early years working with the Christian community and how he learned about the mutual values that bind us together. Not surprisingly, the story happened in Jerusalem, the place that is destined to bring all people together, Ir Shalem, the city of peace. Years before my father founded the fellowship, he was asked to lead a tour of Christians to the Holy Land. At the time, he was a 25-year-old newly ordained rabbi from New York City, and this was the first time that he had ever been to Israel with people who were not Jewish. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he met the man that would be his roommate during the trip, an 86-year-old African-American Baptist pastor from Virginia. This pastor told my father that coming to Israel had been his lifelong dream. He had saved for years to make the trip possible. My father explained that at the time, he didn't fully understand this man's connection to Israel. Israel was the Jewish homeland, but he couldn't understand why it mattered so much to this Baptist pastor. He also wondered what he and the pastor could possibly have in common, if anything at all. He got his answer on the first night of the tour. He walked into his room and found his new friend praying through tears of joy thanking God for the chance to visit the Holy Land. He prayed, You only let Moses see the promised land, but you've let me walk in it. Thank you, God. The sincerity of this prayer and the pastor's passion for Israel told my father everything that he needed to know. What did he and the pastor have in common? that they had their shared biblical heritage and their mutual love for Israel. This was one of the key experiences that led my father to form the fellowship, to bring Jews and Christians together for the sake of what we have in common. And here's the thing. Anyone who loves the Bible and the land of Israel will also love Jerusalem because Jerusalem is the soul of Israel And Jerusalem is beloved to God. It's only since the Six-Day War that Jerusalem is open and accessible to people of all faiths. It's only in our times that Christians can come to Jerusalem and explore their faith, walk in the footsteps of the Bible, and worship in some of the most holy places. The liberation of Jerusalem is cause for celebration for Jews, for Christians, and for people of all faiths. And here's another reason why Christians should celebrate Jerusalem Day. What happened in Jerusalem in 1967 and what is happening today is the fulfillment of God's promises and nothing less than biblical prophecy coming to fruition. There are many prophecies in the Bible, but do you know what the most prophesized event in the Hebrew Bible is? It's the return of the exiles, the return of the Jewish people to Israel, and of those prophecies, many of them are specifically about Jerusalem. Every time we take a family trip to Jerusalem and my kids play in the streets of the old city, I think of the words of Zechariah 8.5. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. It never ceases to amaze me. The words that the prophet Zechariah spoke thousands of years ago were about my own children and the thousands of Jewish children that live and play in Jerusalem today. How awesome that I get to see this prophecy fulfilled with my own eyes. And I've been blessed to witness the prophecy of Zechariah 8.4.2 where it says, Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with cane in hand because of their age. Not only have I witnessed old Jewish men and women sitting in the streets of Jerusalem, but I've been blessed to see my own grandparents live their elder years in Jerusalem. And every time I go to a wedding in Jerusalem, I hear the words I've been sung at Jewish weddings for thousands of years— the words of Jeremiah thirty-three ten to eleven. Yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom. Od Yeshama uvechutzot Yerushalayim kol sason vekol simcha, kol vekol kala. That's how you say that verse, Jeremiah 33, 10 to 11 in Hebrew. But now, instead of singing these words in hopes of what will happen in the future, we sing them as we bear witness to what is already happening in our times. All of these prophecies unfolding now are evidence of God's hand in our world, moving the pieces and fulfilling his promises, And they also encourage us that we are nearing the final redemption, the time that Jews and Christians have all been praying for. We may not agree on exactly what the redemption will look like, but we all agree that ultimately the redemption will usher in the Messianic era, a time of peace and blessings like the world has never experienced before. And it will happen in Jerusalem. Jerusalem Day is a time to celebrate God's holy city. The fulfillment of his promises and that we are so close to the best times yet to come encourages me, inspires me, and definitely makes me want to celebrate. On this Jerusalem Day, I hope that you will join us in thanking God, praising him, praying for the peace of Jerusalem, and for the day when Jerusalem will once again be the city of of God's home. In Psalm 137:5 we read, If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. The Bible tells us that Jerusalem should never be far from our minds. This week, especially, let's keep Jerusalem in our hearts and in the front of our minds. Let's take time to recognize what God has done and is doing in Jerusalem in our times. Let's give him thanks and praise for his miracles. And let's think about how we might be a part of the prophecies unfolding in our times. Just visit our website at ifcj.org to find out how you can get involved. And of course, let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jewish tradition teaches that only when there is peace in Jerusalem will there be peace in the entire world. And I pray that that time will be soon. We are so blessed, my friends, to be alive at times such as this. Just as we have seen so many of God's promises fulfilled, may we soon see them all fulfilled. May we walk the streets of a new Jerusalem, a city of eternal shalom, of peace, God's glory, and everlasting love. Shalom, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in Jerusalem. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.